This is the Benefits Buzz Podcast, your weekly pulse on what's happening in the world of employee benefits. Brought to you by your friends at WEX, who believe in simplifying benefits for everyone. Now listen up, and let's get buzzed! And Kelsey, we're talking about HSAs, your favorite. It really is my favorite. I think I've become such a nerd since I started working at WEX. I never used to be into this kind of thing, but now I could talk about HSAs all day. I'm sure it my is. hates it's, it. It's true. We, we <laughs> drink the health savings account Kool-Aid here, and we're excited to share with everyone uh, who's listening to the podcast about the big seven questions that typically we always hear around HSAs. And to do that, we have a fantastic guest. Woo! I'm excited to introduce Rita Wong. She's the president of Health E-Commerce. And which is, you might have heard of the parent brand of hsastore.com and fsastore.com. Rita, welcome to the show. Great to be here. Yeah, well, we're excited to have you. And we're excited to talk about all things HSA. Hopefully I got that that uh, that title right. I want to make sure I nailed it. So um, well, let's, let's talk about this. Um, let's just jump right into these top seven questions. Um, and the first one is, is, you know, um, you know, as some of these questions that our producers typed up for us is, you know, we want to dive a little bit deep, deeper into sort of the HSA perks that we have here. Um, but before we do so, let's just give it, if you can, just give me like a one minute rundown. The big question is, why should I get an HSA? That's a really easy law ball question, right? For the first one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can go on for a long time about that. Right. I'll try to keep it short. So HSAs are a great tool for um, uh, healthcare expenses. They're pre-tax dollars that are are taken from your paycheck. So you have pre-tax savings that can then be put towards um, tons of medical expenses, whether it's services or products. Um, And most people on a daily basis, you're using something that is probably HSA eligible that you don't know of. So that Advil you took in the morning with the Tylenol, those are all eligible items. And there are lots of eligible um, products and services that uh, most people don't necessarily think about. So you're saving money on everyday items like Tylenol, Advil. Um, one of the things that I buy all the time with a toddler, Band-Aids, um, you know, sunscreen, the list goes on and on of things that you can spend these um, dollars on. And HSA Day or HSA Store has a great um, eligible expense list where you can actually see all of the different expenses that are eligible. Um, but I know one of the biggest confusing points for people when they're going through open enrollment and they're trying to decide what plan they want to enroll in is, am I eligible? So question number two is, how do you identify if you're eligible for an HSA or not? So you need to have um, a high deductible health plan to qualify for a health savings account. Um, Typically, you can take a look at the deductible and it'll be um, a good sign. So if it's over 1400, chances are, It's a high deductible plan. And quite often in the name of the plan itself, it'll say high deductible health plan. Um, If you're looking at two different plans and the premium on one is a lot lower than the other, chances are the one with the really low premium is a high deductible health plan. As you're doing your onboarding um, and you, let's say, pick that low premium high deductible plan, you'll be offered an an HSA later on in the process. So it's really important to make sure that the plan that you have um, is a high deductible health plan. And with that, you'll be able to sign up for an HSA. Got it. It's so interesting that you call out the premium thing. I've had family members ask me to Mm. look at their open enrollment options in the past. 
Um, and that's one of the first things that I call out when it comes to HSAs is how low the premium is, because typically people are a little thrown off by the high deductible, but you're saving money on mm-hmm. your premiums each month, which you can put in an HSA. So in the long run, you're actually saving more. So I love that call out. Yeah, we have a whole episode on on how the government shouldn't be involved in marketing a, a healthcare plan because <laughs> <laughs> high deductible healthcare, but is, isn't a great uh, great brand, but but it's a really important requirement. So thank you for covering that, Rita. One of the things that like um, I didn't really know about, um, even though I was in, enrolled in an HSA plan myself before I came to Wex, was this whole concept of this triple tax saving, right? Like, mm. and all the all the everyone who's involved in the in the finance or retirement planning love this. Um, so mm-hmm. it's but it's a bit confusing. Could you talk through what is this triple tax saving that we love to brag about when it comes to HSAs? Yeah. Um, so I actually like to think about a, 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 a HSA as of a, a FSA and a 401k had a baby, right? So a lot of people are familiar with flexible spending accounts because they've been around forever. Um, I think if I'm doing math correctly, you know, 30, 40 years or so. Um, but this triple tax benefit, um, there's three ways that you save on taxes. One, you contribute funds pre-tax. So you're not getting taxed, income tax on your um um, on the dollars that you set aside for an HSA. Um, two, you can earn interest tax-free on these funds, right? So it's kind of like a bank account where you, when you put money in, you can earn interest and um, invest in it. And so that those funds grow over time, similar to a 401k. And then third, whatever funds you uh, withdraw from an HSA to use for medical, qualified medical expenses is tax-free as well. Um, so, you know, if you think about it, there is what they say, $300,000 of cost from when you retire to, um, to pay for medical expenses for the average couple. Um, it's a lot of money and we need to start putting away for that sooner rather than later. Yes. And so one of the things that we kind of talked about, um, that I want to get into more, we kind of teased like some of the things that might be eligible for those HSA dollars that we have. Um, we've talked about like sunscreen and band-aids. But I know there's a whole plethora of things that fall under that HSA eligible expense. Could you just talk briefly about what qualifies, I'm using air quotes here, as an as an eligible expense <laughs> for HSAs? Sure. So the IRS determines what is HSA eligible. Um, and so without quoting the guidance to you, it's ultimately what prevents, cures, treats, mitigates, um, or diagnoses a condition or a disease. Um, and what that means is there's a lot of daily products that you might not think of that are HSA eligible. For example, I wear contacts and glasses. Those are HSA eligible. Uh, my contact lens solution is HSA eligible. My sunscreen that I put on as soon as I get out of bed is HSA eligible. Um, and so when you think about it, um, and some of these things maybe a lot of people know about, maybe not everyone knows about, but there are a lot more things in our daily lives that are HSA eligible. That first aid kit, most of the items in your medicine cabinet are probably HSA eligible. And it's truly understanding um, what around your house or in your car or in your daily life that you use is HSA eligible will just help you save those pre-tax dollars because you're spending that money anyway. So you might as well get the most out of it. Yeah, I love it. I mean, like I said earlier, the list goes literally on and on of things that you can spend the money on. I think one of the things that I was surprised about is when I had my son, the baby breathing monitors that you know, a lot of new t- first-time parents like me, I was a little bit paranoid. So I used a baby breathing monitor and that was HSA eligible. It's There's so many things out there. So I encourage you to find 
the eligible expense list that's on HSA stores um, website and just search for items and you'll be blown away at what you can spend those, those dollars on. Um, so one of the things that I think happens with HSAs is we often get them confused with FSAs, flexible spending accounts. Um, so I just want to take a few minutes to go a little bit into a comparison for those who are more familiar with an FSA. What's the difference between an FSA and an HSA? So, um, well, let's go through some of the similarities first. So they're both pre-tax accounts where you can set aside money from your paycheck um, for qualified medical expenses, services, products that we just talked about. Um, the biggest difference is that an HSA um, is an account that does not have the use it or lose it um, so that you can carry it year over year. Um, you can move it with you from employer to employer. Uh, you can um, invest those funds, right? Because it's a savings account. It's more similar to a 401k in that sense. Um, so there are a lot of different aspects of an HSA that are quite different. Um, you can also open your own HSA. So for an FSA, your employer has to sponsor the FSA program and it's administered through your employer. But the HSA account is yours. So you can go to uh, a bank. A lot of banks actually offer an HSA and you can uh, open your own if you wanted. Now, that being said, it's way easier to just go through your employer um, because they have it all set up and you don't have to worry about it. But ultimately, it's a different type of plan, a different type of account. Yeah, those are some good things to, to, um, to separate. And a lot of times, uh, if you're lucky, a lot of times employers will contribute dollars to the HSA as well. So keep an eye if you're if you're in an HSA plan, sometimes employers are great and we'll do some, 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 throw some funds in there as well. So thank you for highlighting that. I think we're on number six now, uh, as we think about the top questions was, we kind of talked about this whole concept of, of making dollars and investing, you know, your HSA, you know, so they're like, hmm, wait a second, doesn't that sound like a 401k kind of? And sometimes we 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 lovingly call the you know the HSA the the, the medical 401k. But let's talk about let's talk about the differences between um, an HSA when it comes to investing versus a traditional 401k. So. Um I guess against the 401k, which is just purely an investment account, you can invest your HSA funds, grow them, and then use the funds to pay for your medical expenses throughout the year or at basically any given time without incurring penalties. Um, so there's a benefit of that versus a 401k where if you withdraw money, there's typically a penalty on that. Um, so uh, it's more flexible from a medical perspective. And as we, we talked about, there's a lot of medical expenses that people um, incur and typically it's the ones that are unplanned for that are the largest amounts. Um, you also get an HSA debit card typically with your HSA, which makes it easy to go pay for your doctor's copay, to pay for your LASIK, um, to pay for products that you buy like sunscreen and uh, kinesiology tape, whatever it is that you need in your life. Um, but ultimately, uh, there's, you know, pros and, and cons, I, I guess, too. If you have a certain pool of money deciding where to put it, um, ultimately an HSA is uh, more flexible from a medical perspective in terms of being able to take that money out and to pay for your, uh, your, your needs on an annual basis. Yeah, I love it. I mean, we often compare these plans against each other because they are similar but very different. Um, and I love what Eric said about it being the medical 401k, if you will, because there is that investment and retirement potential with the product. But like you said, the flexibility to spend it should the need arise, because we all know that 
in life, the unexpected happens more than we expect, if that even makes sense. Um, and, you know, question number seven was actually pretty similar to number six. I just wanted to talk a little bit about um, how HSAs factor into the retirement picture. But I think you pretty much covered that off when you said, you know, if you have a certain amount of money, think about what is best for you and your family in the financial situation um, and really determine is the flexibility really important to you? Because if so, HSAs might be the option for you. But anything else you would add about how HSAs, you know, work within the retirement picture? Uh, as you head into your retirement years, there's a catch-up period where you can actually contribute more dollars into your HSA. Um, and so uh, it allows you to plan more, right? So as you get into your 50s and 60s, healthcare changes and your healthcare needs change. I think about my 20s, I probably can count on one hand the number of times I went to the doctor, whereas I feel like I have an appointment every week now. Um, and so um, having that ability to, to um, you know, contribute more leading into retirement is helpful. But also once you retire, because an HSA has to be tied to a high deductible health plan, um, once you say switch over to Medicare, for example, um, you have to stop contributing to your to your HSA. So that's something it's it's a bit of a nuance, um, but typically the the plan administrator will do, straight over will do that for you. Um, but just in case they don't, you, you don't want to trip up any tax uh, any tax laws on that. I love it. Good advice. Uh, this was so. There's so much to cover. Like what I love about HSAs is, and then we hit you know these top seven questions that we get. And thank you so much, Rita, for for covering all of them. It was a lot of great information. And that the cool thing is, is there's just so much power and flexibility with these HSAs, which was why we love talking about them. So thanks so much for covering the the, the highlights of them, and we appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you for having me. You bet. Wax is in the business of simplifying benefits for everyone. Now, although we certainly hope our podcast sparks some aha moments, like that was pretty cool, but of course we cannot provide legal investment or financial advice. And well, therefore, nothing shared in this podcast should be interpreted as such. We encourage you to seek out appropriate professional advice regarding your plans. Hey, congratulations. You made it through our disclaimer. <laughs> Thanks for listening.